following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. The reigning American League Division champions head into 2020 with their sights set on bigger things. This is the show that keeps you plugged into that pursuit with all the news, moves, and more. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show, presented by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. And here's your host of the Hot Stove Show, Chris Atterbury. Well, good evening for one final time here on the Twins Hot Stove Show. It's Chris Atterbury from our network headquarters at Target Field gathering around the hot stove for the final time because my friends baseball is upon us friday night twins kick off the grapefruit league schedule we will have it across our network Corey and danny standing by as the twins take on john anderson and the gophers in fact we will have broadcast for you on friday saturday sunday and even monday with Corey and danny as the grapefruit league gets into full swing Currently in Fort Myers at the CenturyLink Sports Complex, the full squad workouts are ongoing. We're going to check in with Jake Cave at the uh, completion of his workout earlier today at Hammond Stadium. Also going to introduce you to Alex Hassan a little bit later in our program, supplanting Jeremy Zoll as uh, the man in charge of the Twins minor leagues as Jeremy continues his upward ascent through the organization. Alex, a fascinating guy to talk to, a former Duke Blue Devil two-way star, big leagues with the Boston Red Sox, and he'll chat a little bit about his career path. As for uh, today's program, we're going to get to those guys in a moment, but first a little baseball bulletin one final time. Baseball bulletin news-wise, well, it's been a week, hasn't it? It's been an interesting week for Major League Baseball. Adam Silver is uh, probably just uh, laughing somewhere in the wake of the NBA All-Star Game as uh, the arrows keep flying at Rob Manfred and, in fact, the entire sport. Sometimes it's players throwing the arrows back and forth at one another. Uh, This is not the time or the place to get into all of the various activities going on in and around the Astros. Uh, Sign-stealing scandal. We do know that the Red Sox punishment is going to be coming out next week in Fort Myers. That will make for an interesting Grapefruit League scenario as well. Also, some other small things going on uh, under the radar. The, the league has uh, agreed next year to increase minor league salaries somewhat. They've also put minor league rosters on the MLB The Show video game, though I don't think you're going to see those royalties trickling down to the minor league players at this point in time. So, again, it has been, well, frankly, it's been a dumpster fire of a week for Major League Baseball, but people are talking about baseball, uh, and hopefully uh, soon we'll be talking about baseball games instead of all of the ongoing uh, nonsense in and around the sport. As for Twins fans, I think justifiably excited to have their full squad together with high expectations. As we mentioned, the big news here is the Gophers and the Twins on Friday kick off the Great Fruit League schedule. It's a 5.05 first pitch with Corey and Danny across our network. That kicks off a full slate of Great Fruit League action uh, from Fort Myers and across Florida and the Great Fruit League. Also, Opening day is not that far away. End of March, Twins open in Oakland, then the home opener. And there are still a few. There aren't many, but there are still a few Twins passes available. That is an unheard of bargain to get into every Twins game practically this year. Check out the Twins website for that. And make sure also to check out the theme nights, which were recently announced. Again, those are special ticket packages. If there's a theme night with a cool hat or a cool giveaway, you don't get to just show up at the ballpark. You need to get your theme night package. And I would encourage you to check out TwinsBaseball.com and do that now because there will be high demand throughout the summer and fall for those theme night packages at Target Field. That is our baseball bulletin. Now, before we get to Jake Cave and Alex Hassan, we do have one final Killebrew Root Beer prize package to give away. 
All winter long, we've been playing our What's Brewing competition. Our question last week in the wake of Mitch Garver giving up number 18 to Kente Maeda and go ahead and throwing on number 8 this season was what number would you pick if you could pick any jersey to wear? Well, we got some pretty interesting responses. Longtime loyal listener Scott Lindholm came up with a really cool one. He said he'd wear number 91 because no Twins worn it in the regular season, making it unique. And he was a kid during that amazing 91 run, so he would wear number 91. Pretty cool. Now, Scott, with a great answer, he's a longtime listener. We're going to give the root beer this time to Rob Worthington, first-time winner Rob Worthington, who said, give me jersey number 47 for his debut because that's the number his fellow St. Paul native Jack Morris wore back in 1991. He also says, and this is why Rob's drinking the root beer, Tell Derek and Thad I'm ready to get us there again. He might have been drinking something more than root beer, but he tell Derek and Thad I'm ready to get us there again. Consider it done, Rob Worthington, and thank you for playing, and thanks to all who played What's Brewing throughout the course of this offseason on the Twins Hot Stove Show. Enjoy your Killebrew root beer, and even if you're not one of our winners, you can pick up Killebrew root beer wherever you find your beverages. So that'll do it for our news and notes and our contest. We've got a lot of great conversation ahead Jake Cave joins us from Fort Myers next in the wake of his uh, uh, second or third day of full team workouts. Uh, and we also, of course, will have Alex Hassan uh, joining us a little bit later in our program. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show. It's brought to you by Killer Root Beer. Back with Jake Cave after this on your home for Twins Baseball. It is the Twins Hot Stove Show. It is the final Twins Hot Stove Show of the uh, of the year because the Grapefruit League kicks off this Friday as the Twins will take on the Golden Gophers to kick off their Grapefruit League schedule. And we are joined by Twins outfielder Jake Cave here uh, after a full day of work for Jake. And, Jake, first and foremost, you got the whole squad together. Uh, Pitchers and uh, catchers have been there a little bit. We talked to Mitch Garver last week about that. Uh, Is it always nice to to get the whole group together for that first week and just kind of get to know each other and let that that locker room kind of sift into the the formation that it's going to take? Uh, yeah, this is, I mean, it's a lot of fun. You know, a lot of us are friends anyways, um, but, you know, we all have our own families and stuff in the off season, so you don't get to see guys as much as you really like. So then to be able to come in in spring training and everybody's there and everybody's there for the same reason. Um, you know, the clubhouse is fun. Everybody's having a good time. Um, you know, everybody's catching up, and, you know, we're just getting prepared to have a great season. This is the time of year where we always get to hear the phrase, best shape of his career. And according to no less of an expert than LaTroy Hawkins, who still looks like he could play at the age of 100 or whatever he is, he says you are one of the most ripped guys he's ever seen. What do yeah, you make of that? Must have been on Twitter. Yeah, he actually came up to me and said, I'm the most jacked guy he's ever seen, and then started grabbing my arms. Um, there are no witnesses that he actually said that, but I'm going to stick by that story. And you get that from a guy who looks like Latroy looks. That's pretty good. Pretty good praise, right? Yeah, he, walked, he walked right by Max Kepler and, and said that I was way bigger and stronger. So I, you know, I, I'm going to take what he said. Nothing wrong with that at all. Hey, talk a little bit about this spring for you. Uh, you've been down the road before. You're comfortable. You're familiar. You're confident. What was your off season like? Was it your typical off season, or did you tweak anything leading into this 2020 camp? Well, I'd say it's different in the fact that I did not tweak anything. Um, you know, I'm coming into uh, my my. This will be technically my third spring with the Twins, so you know I know the guys. Um, you know, I feel like I've proven that I can play at the the highest level. So really, I just uh, you know I finished the year last year, the last couple months of the season. Um, you know, offensively, whatever, I felt really good. 
Um, so really, and there's not much you can do defensively in the offseason besides really just play catch, get some fly balls, hit you, that kind of thing. Um, but I'm in, you know, I'm in good shape. I didn't try to change anything mechanic-wise um, because I feel confident, I feel ready, and I just want to build off of what I, uh, what I kind of got rolling last year. Now, I, I first met you under the bleachers in Bradenton a couple of years ago. It was the day you were traded, and you drove down and met the club. Uh, and, and after a couple of years now as a twin, I just felt like down the stretch last year, you looked like a guy who had figured out exactly who you were as a player, and that confidence was translating into your game. Is that is that fair? Yes, yes. I, I, I felt different mentally. Um, you know, my, my goal is I want to be the, the best I could possibly be um, in whatever position I'm put in. You know, any day I get to put on the jersey, and that's my job, I'm happy. Um, you know, if I get a chance to start, I want to be the best. You know, I want to be one of the best players in baseball. If I get a chance to come off the bench, I want to be a guy that they can trust to come off the bench. If I haven't played in a couple of if I haven't played in a couple of days and they need me to play, I want to be a guy that that's good at doing that. Um, so I'm confident that I can do that. I've kind of been in all of those roles, and I've experienced that, and I've had some failures in those roles, and I've had successes. So now I know what both of those feel like, and I know what I have to do to have the success, or at least try to have the success. You know, baseball is a hard game. You might not always get the results, but you can go about the process the same way. The first week of, of full team drills, where you guys are now, I know there's some live batting practice, but as a hitter in particular, and then we'll get to the defense in a bit, but as a hitter, where are you? Uh, are you are you just trying to get uh, used to seeing live pitching again? Uh, do you have a certain number of swings or a certain number of plate appearances against live pitching that you personally feel like you need uh, before you can really start honing things in? Yeah, I mean, it, for me – I mean, it takes a little while. Um, you know, there's some guys that come out here that, you know, they're playing winter ball and stuff like that, so it's a little different. But for me, you know, I do the same thing, like, mechanically and offensively. I feel great. I do my same uh, work in the cage every day. I have the same team routine. I have the same call routine. Um, you know, we take BP. And then when it comes to we see live, um, there's really – you got to take it, you know, a lot of guys are not good at going right out there and seeing, uh, you know, 94 when they haven't seen it in four months. And, um, you know, squaring it up. So, for me, I just want to see some pitches. You know, I don't care if I swing and miss. I don't care if I don't swing and just take pitches. The pitches. It's just tough to, 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 to come right in and, and do it. So, you got to be a pro. And you got to, um, you know, the pitchers are working on stuff, too. So, we're working on stuff, too. And then that first day of spring training, real games, you go out there and you got another guy throwing, too, and you're trying to, you know, you're trying to do something against them. That's when stuff gets a little more real. Jay Cave, Twins outfielder, joining us here on the Twins Hot Stove Show, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. First full week of uh, team drills for the Minnesota Twins. And, again, we're talking about some of the live BP sessions. Jake, do you like to make sure that early on you see lefties and righties, you know, breaking balls and fastball, like try to get a little bit of everything in the first couple of days in these live sessions? Yeah, I mean, part of it's not really up up to me completely like I know these last few days they kind of just throw pitchers out there and they have us up there to give them you know a live hitter and to take some of that and I haven't seen a lefty yet but I've seen you know face Latell today I faced uh face Barrios yesterday you know I've already seen some really good arms um and I you know I maybe hit one of them on the barrel and whatever it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't matter. you know it doesn't really matter. It's uh, and that it used to matter to me. I used to actually get upset if I wasn't doing well at live VPs and stuff. And that's where you come with maturing and learning as a uh, you know as a player that there's a lot more that goes into it than just going out there and swinging and hitting the ball. Well, and also knowing your situation, right? Like uh, there are times where you come in and you might press because you know you or you feel you need to impress to make the team. You kind of know 
who you are. The Twins know who you are. You know who else is is in the mix. So I feel like maybe you have an ability to be a little bit more relaxed this spring and, and work on the long game over the course of the whole season and the impact you're going to have as opposed to try to be a Grapefruit League All-Star. Right. So I uh... – yeah, yeah, you're you're right. I do, and it's actually kind of funny because uh, there are times where like Rocco and Tommy and these the coaching staff have to tell me to calm down a little bit. <laughs> I get a little, I'm a little out of control. I've always I've always kind of been high strung, which I'm cool with. You know, that's me. That I feel like that makes me a good player a lot of times. Um, but there's also times where if I'm in spring training, you know, and I hit a hit a ball into the gap and it's a possible head first slide into third for a triple, maybe I should calm that down a little bit uh, these days. But uh, you know, honestly, I can't promise anything because I kind of get taken away. <laughs> it's tough because that's why you're a big leaguer, right? I mean, that's the approach that's made you so incredibly successful to get where you are. So it's hard to dial that back down. It's just not natural. Right, yeah. So, And, uh, you know, that's just me. You know, some guys are way more laid back. Some guys are high strong. I'm just one of those guys. So, you know, yeah, so I'm going to keep uh, – that's just me. And I'm going to keep playing the way I play, but – at the same time, I'm going to try to play a little smarter, too, especially in these spring training games. Well, I think that's one of the beauties of this Twins coaching staff is that they recognize that not all 40 of you are the same and that everybody is wired differently, and they just encourage you uh, to, to be yourself. And speaking of the staff, James Rousen, uh, somebody we all love, huge impact on this organization, now the bench coach uh, with the Marlins. Edgar Barella is a guy who's had a big impact on this organization, maybe behind the scenes for a lot of the fans. Uh, Rudy obviously has been a, a stabilizing pillar in this organization for a long time. What is your relationship like with Edgar, and how is it different? How is it uh, the same uh, rolling on from J. Rowe to, to Edgar and Rudy together? Um, I think it's going to be good. You know, Rudy, I've obviously spent some time over the last couple of years, especially if you're a guy that's not playing every day. You spend a lot of time with Rudy because he's in the cage the whole game. J. Rowe's outside doing the, you know, um, advanced reports and stuff like that with the players when new pitchers are coming in and he's out on the bench. Rudy's behind the scenes and he's in the cage. And, you know, us, the DH, um, guys like me who aren't playing that day, anything like that, you know, he's back there talking to us, you know, giving us uh, advice and that kind of thing. So he's great. And then Edgar, I knew him from being a field coordinator. You know, I went up and down from AAA to the big leagues the past couple of years. So I know him well, and he's always been great to me. He's treated me with respect. Um, he's, he's kept it honest with me. So to have him up here, too, and he's somebody I get along with, um, it's, uh, I, don't, I don't think there's going to be much of a transition at all. I think everybody, everybody's going to you know, be on the same page. Yeah, Edgar's a fascinating guy, really neat guy to, to have around and, and to get to know. Jay Cave is our guest, Twins outfielder. Uh, the Twins, again, open the Grapefruit League schedule on Friday. Uh, and uh, before you know it, we're going to be playing games uh, that matter. And, Jake, uh, a lot of buzz around camp this year. There's a confidence in this club, and justifiably so. You also get a chance to run around defensively now, and you get to run around and get Byron back. And he is obviously a huge part of this organization. Uh, is it fun to see to see Buck able to run around uh, again after uh, being felled with the injury last year? Yeah, yeah, it's fun. You know, I, I'm, I'm friends with Buck, uh, not just teammate. I like Buck as a person. And um, it's cool to be able to get out there. Like today they were hitting us uh, fungos, trying to make it more game-like where Tory uh, Hunter and Michael Kadai are actually out there flipping to each other and just trying to hit hit the ball out in the gap against us. So, yeah, so it was, I was out there and got to see him run around, and uh, you know how impressive that is. So it's, uh, it's good to see him. But one thing I've always loved about you guys as an outfield group is that you're competitive. You're all competitors, uh, but you also – uh, are, are all pulling for each other at the same time. And I feel like I can't see one of you without seeing a group of you, whether it's Max and Byron or you and Max and Eddie's in there. And there, it seems to me that there's a great 
um, a position group camaraderie between the Twins outfielders. Yeah, yeah, we get along well, um, you know, and I think that's part of a good team. We have a really good team, and uh, a lot of the guys in clubhouse get along. So, uh, you know, especially us as an outfield group, you know, we do a lot of the same work together, so we spend time together. And, uh, yeah, we're good friends off the field, and, uh, you know, I'm really excited to to, to go out there and start playing with these guys again. You mentioned Tori and Michael being in camp. Uh, you know, I know fans get excited when they hear that some of their old favorites are going to be around. With the Twins, they've never been ceremonial, though, either. They don't just show up and stand around for photo ops. They get they get down and dirty. You're talking about a couple of really accomplished baseball players, a couple of really accomplished outfielders. Uh, what is the interaction like, and what do you try to get out of guys like Michael and Tori when they're in camp with you? Yeah, that, I mean, it's a, it's special. You know, being an outfielder, to be able to be around Tory, obviously he's one of the best outfielders of all time. Um, everything he says, you know, I just try to soak up and listen because he obviously knew what he was talking about, and he still does. And then, uh, you know, Michael, he uh, he's from Chesapeake, Virginia. I'm mm-hmm. from Hampton, Virginia. So I grew up kind of a Kadir fan because he's kind of well-known in the area. And um, so to be able to, to get out here and actually pick his brain and listen to him talk, whether it's, it's, it's offensively, uh, defensively, because he did both, you know, very well. So it's uh, it's re- really fun to have some guys out here that 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 really want to help. Plus, you guys can recognize the Virginia draws that you each have, right? Does that help from the Commonwealth? People say it, but I can't tell. <laughs> uh, but, but people say they can tell, especially when I'm up in Minnesota. Jake, as you move forward here, we get the real games going on on Friday. I know Rocco's always been big on having a real efficient camp, not having you guys wasting time, standing around a lot just for eyewash, uh, which I know players certainly do appreciate. Uh, are you excited to get into the rhythm, though, of actually having the lights on, the popcorn machines going, and some fans in the seats? Yeah, it's always better when games start because um, then you're, you're, you're down to business, and then it's kind of just stuff that you need to do before the game you do on your own. Um, it's a little less structured, you know, so – that's where that's where it really turns into you're you're on your time you're being a pro you're doing what you have to do to get ready and then go out there and compete and that's when things get fun it's always fun because you get some older guys you know nelson cruz last year came in this year josh donaldson is added to the mix uh younger guys you know you get the wide-eyed guys in their first big league camp perhaps who are over getting a a taste of it with the future laid out in front of them you're now kind of in that middle ground where you've been the young guy when you were with new york and you're not the old guy by a long shot, but you're around and you've got kind of got enough tread off your tire and enough dirt on your spikes uh, to, to earn and have, have earned that respect. When you look at both ends of that in the clubhouse, right, like a, a Cruz or a Donaldson on one end and guys like Royce or Alex Kirilov or Larnick and Rooker on the other end, is it kind of funny? Do you see little bits of yourself in that path from, from the young end of the clubhouse in spring to the, to the older end? Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Um, cool seeing those guys. I mean, the young, the young group are a great group of guys. Um, I get along with them well, um, and they're very talented. Um, and and, then, and we know, should I, point out, Jake, you were a real leader for that group when you were back at AAA at times last year with some of those young guys. Yeah, yeah, that that was cool. I was in that weird, not weird stage, but, you know, last year I was 26. So I was a little bit older than a lot of the other guys in AAA, but I was a little bit younger than a lot of the guys in the big leagues. So it was like, uh, you know, whenever I would go back down to AAA, um, it was cool. Well, I had to really watch watch myself um, because I, I knew that there were guys that might, you know, potentially kind of look at what I was doing. Um, so I always try to make sure that I still play the game as hard there as I do here and um, do things the right way every day um, because, you know, hopefully I can impact one of these younger guys to also do the same thing. And if they're more talented than I am and if they play the game the right way, then they're going to be special. So I uh, – 
you know, that's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, and there's never any question you're going to play the game hard. That's one thing we've learned about J.K. the last couple of years. Having Josh come over, and again, we went through it with Nelson last year, you play against guys, and you watch guys from afar and admire what they can do from afar, and then when you actually get inside the room with them, sometimes you see a different side of them. Sometimes it's exactly what you assumed it would be. How has that been with Josh coming over? Well, I personally haven't had many one-on-one conversations with him yet, but I've been around while he's been having, you know, conversations with other people. Um, honestly, to me, a, uh, some things are a little surprising um, as far as the fact of how, I mean, he's very meticulous. I didn't know, um, you know, obviously never played with him, that kind of thing. I've just been a fan, kind of seen him play. But he, uh, he's very meticulous. He knows exactly what he's doing. Um, he takes everything seriously. Um, he's very, very analytical. He, he knows, you know, he's he's good. He, he's really – I see him out there, and he, he's talking to young guys and, and coaching them up a little bit. And, you know, Rocco asking, going through his stuff before we do base running, anybody got anything to add? And he's, he's chiming in. You know, he's not shying away from stepping right into the role of being a leader on a new team. Yeah, and it's interesting you say that because you watch how hard he plays with his hair on fire, and you think, you know, okay, this guy's just going out there and – you know, old school rolling around in the dirt, but there is a lot of work that goes into getting to that point where when the guy says play ball, you can play with that intensity, and it's neat to see kind of some of the work that goes in behind the curtain, I would guess. Yes, yeah, it's, it's cool to pull back the curtain and really see what's going on in people's minds. All right, well, what also is cool, Jake, is that this season isn't that far away. I know the off season always seems either too long or not quite long enough, and I know you're excited to get out there into the lights. We're excited to watch you, and we really appreciate you sharing some of your insights from camp here today on the, uh, the Hot Soap Show. Thank you, sir. Yeah, no problem. All right, we'll catch up with you next week. That's Jake Cave joining us on the Twins Hot Stove Show. Right now we take a break. We'll come back with Alex next on your home for Twins Baseball. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show. It's the final Twins Hot Stove Show because we've got bigger fish to fry because camp is underway at the CenturyLink Sports Complex in Fort Myers, uh, and there was actual baseball to be played, jobs to be won, and uh, all sorts of activity in the Florida sunshine. But as we wrap up our final Hot Stove uh, show of the year brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Want to introduce Twins fans and Twins territory to a name they're probably familiar with or should be familiar with, and a voice they'll get used to all season long as he will join us each and every Sunday with our minor league updates and our minor league player and pitcher of the week. And it's Alex Hassan. And uh, Hassan, I just we just went over your name like 10 times and then I, <laughs> I was writing it and I wrote it wrong. So <laughs> Alex Hassan uh, is the what you're officially what the director of Player development, right? Is that what we're calling you? That's correct. That's what we're going to roll with. But you are no newcomer. You have been heavily involved, hands dirty, in the development of this organization for the past several wor- uh, years, working alongside Jeremy Zoll. Uh, and the, the the beauty of this organization in the front office, to me, is that uh, the people in the in the hierarchy are always training the people coming up behind them to take their jobs or supplant them. Um, and I think that's a beautiful way to go about business. And uh, I have to imagine you're kind of excited to do a lot of the same things with a slightly different title and some new things as well. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, um, I was very fortunate uh, two years ago to be brought on board. Um, Jeremy Zoll had a, had a huge hand in that, and um, I've worked very closely with him the last two years, which has been uh, like such a blessing and, and a lot of things that you mentioned of, of – you know, trying to train the people that you're working with and making sure that they're prepared for, for the next opportunities. Jeremy has, has done that in spades for me the last two years. So I've been, I've been a huge beneficiary of, of um, the vision that 
Um, the Twins have, you know, set by Derek and Thad, and, and Jeremy has certainly lived that out of, of um, you know, trying to develop from within and trying to develop our own people. So um, I'm extremely fortunate to be in this role. I'm looking forward to um, to continuing, you know, the, the work that we've done the last two years. Well, let's talk about that work first, and then we'll get to know you a little bit better because uh, minor league camp is going to be opening here shortly. You're going to have a, an awful lot of talent on that side of the complex to sort through. This system is probably as deep as it's been in a long, long time. It compares favorably with any system uh, in, in baseball. And in saying that, it, part of that's talent, but part of that is what you do to develop each of those individual talents uh, to their utmost. I know a lot has gone on behind the scenes, infrastructure-wise, in trying to figure out the best way to get the best out of each and every man in a uniform in the Twins minor leagues. How excited are you to get them all on campus, as it were, and to continue that process here? And would you agree that this system uh, right now uh, is a deep one uh, with a chance to develop some some real big league talent? Yeah, I'm first of all to, to answer your first question. Like, extremely excited for the new year. Um, you know, you, you, we spend a lot of time in the off season really pl- planning for this moment, and a lot of our, our energy is, is um, spent in a couple of different ways. One is uh, figuring out, you know, if we have if we have positions we need to hire for, who are the people we're going to bring into the into the building, and, and that are ultimately going to impact us in the minor league. But then, two, just just prepping for spring training and making sure that you know our schedules are on point and, and we have um, the programs in place and the training in place that are going to help guys um, not just get ready for the season, but continue to hone their skills and to continue to work on the areas that they need to um, to maximize their chances of reaching the major league. So. Um, it's, it's such an exciting time of year. It, 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 I feel no different than I did when I was a player of just like, you know, butterflies and, and excitement for, for what's ahead. And, um, you know, I'm just, I, I couldn't be more excited. And, um, you know, both at the major league and minor league level, like you said, um, we have a strong major league team and, and, and a strong minor league system. So, um, in a good, good position and we're looking forward to, you know, doing everything we possibly can to put our guys in the best position to be successful. Now, you mentioned the people because it all begins with people because you have to have the right people who can communicate the message, who can who can keep track of things and, and get the most out of these players on a daily basis. Uh, and one thing that this organization has done under Derek and Thad has gone far and wide in search of those people. For a long time in the game, it was, well, if you didn't play in the big leagues, then you have nothing to offer. And that couldn't be further mm-hmm. from the truth in terms of how this approach comes together. You find people from the University of Mary in Bismarck, MSU Billings in Montana. These are not yeah. noted baseball hotbeds, but it's about the person. How do you sift through what must be a billion applicants uh, and people to find the right individuals to slide into your system? Yeah, it's a, like you mentioned, it's, it, we, we joke about it in the office. It's kind of the wild, wild west. It's like you really, you know, our pool, and this was pretty intentional, was – you know, we tried to expand that to as to as many different um, different subsets of, of of the coaching population that we possibly could, and just started with from the question like, how can we find the best instructors that are going to make our players the best? But that was the question that we started from. Not, you know, what's your resume? How successful as a player were you? How well known are you? Um, you know, across the country, it was really just, you know, can you make players better, and have you demonstrated an ability? Um, to do that in the past, and and that's the question that we started from, and that's led us down some some alleys that like two years ago I, I couldn't have predicted that um, you know we would be um, you know recruiting some some coaches from from some of the schools that we have, and um, you know Briarcliff University I didn't know what that what I, I didn't know where that was or, or what school that it was, but we Sioux City baby, who's, who's uh, yeah who's, who's really talented, so 
uh, it's been a really fun fun journey for us the last few years and met a ton of people um, have spent a ton of time on on just interviewing in general and that's that that takes up a ton of um, attention but it's it's really important it's one of the most uh, important things that that we do is, is deciding who you know who ultimately gets um, to come in the organization and, and impacts um, you know sort of the 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 lifeblood of our organization, the, the talent that we're going to develop internally. So, um, you know, one of one of the most um, challenging parts of the job, but one of the most fun too, and, and, and really rewarding when you get it right. Alex Hassan is our guest. You're going to hear him every Sunday across our network. He is the director of player development. How many bodies are you guys going to have on the minor league side? Uh, that's a good question. I'm always going back and forth on, on the numbers there. Um, it, it, usually, I, I use um, about like 100. 60 to 180 as, as, as the framework. Um, and, um, you know, we're still, we're still getting, you know, one or two uh, minor league free agent signs um, done and, and in place. So that number is a little bit fluid, but usually that's the number that I, I, um, I use in my head. And I know people, fans who come down, love to wander over to the minor league side, and I encourage everybody to do it. You can get up close and personal and watch these kids work. Uh, you can see the future literally right before your eyes. But from your vantage point in your chair, the organization that is required to get the work done and the evaluations done and the continued improvement done for that many unique individuals, boy, that, that doesn't just happen overnight. I have to imagine that that is something that you guys have been putting the, the matrices in order for quite a while on. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a challenge, and, and sometimes that's what gets missed in, in terms of public perception. Is, oh, why don't you just do X? Or why don't you just do Y? It seems so simple, and then... Once you're involved in it, you see how many moving pieces there are, how many people you get on the same page, you know, how many schedules you need to balance. Uh, it, it ends up being, uh, you know, a real central challenge to, to running a good spring training and one where you're, you're attacking the individual weaknesses of your players. Now, we've been extremely fortunate the last two years. Edgar Barella has been our field coordinator, who is, he did an incredible job in that role and um, had really good experience seeing things from a lot of different angles that made him um, uniquely qualified to do that role. Um, you know, as we were discussing earlier, that promote from within culture, Edgar has been promoted to the major league staff to be the major league hitting coach. Um, but we were really fortunate. We brought in Kevin Morgan um, this off season. Kevin joins us from the New York Mets. He's got 25 years experience with the Mets and has served in a variety of different roles within player development. So one of which is a uh, field coordinator. So he's assumed that role and has done an incredible job uh, planning a great camp and, and really, um, you know, serving as that coordinator between all the different departments and all the different areas that we're um, looking to coordinate for spring training. So uh, extremely fortunate to have him on board. He's, he's been, um, you know, he's done such an incredible job and uh, makes my, my life a lot easier. Yeah, and again, it's about a five-ring circus, but if you're in Fort Myers, I encourage you to get over to that side of the complex. That's where a lot of really amazing work is getting done. You'll never regret it because years from now when some of these guys pop up, whether it's in a Twins uniform or another, uh, you'll be like, hey, I remember seeing them uh, on the backfield when they were still trying to figure out how to throw a changeup. Alex, let's talk about you. You also, like Edgar, who you mentioned, have a unique background in terms of your ability to relate to the kids uh, that you're in charge of developing. You're a two-way standout at Duke. You played in the major leagues with the Red Sox. As much as we talk about you don't have to have played in the big leagues to be a great leader of young players or developers, and there, there's thousands uh, of, of great examples of that, there's still some cachet in that, isn't there, when you're talking to teenagers about where they're trying to go to having been said, hey, you know what, I, I got a base hit at Fenway Park. Is there still a value in that from your experience and how hard you fought to get there that you can share with the kids you're developing? 
Yeah, it's a great question. And my general belief on these things is, you know, there are so many people from so many walks of life and backgrounds that have something to add um, to our system and to what our players are going through. Um, so, you know, just like one of our coaches might have had a different path to get here, like they have something to add. And, and the, you know, my path is just unique to me. And there are certain things, certain experiences that I had that there are certainly are moments where I can – you know, open up and relate to a player and say, Hey, I've been there, right? I've been in those shoes and, and, you know, here's how I either, you know, here's, here's what I would have done differently. Um, if I had another shot or, or this is some of the things that I found successful. Um, ultimately what we're all doing is all using our collective experiences to try and relate to the players and try and be empathetic for where they're at and where they're trying to go. Um, and then my experiences are just unique to me. And those are the things that I end up gravitating towards to try and, to try and relate to our guys and to try and, um, make sure that they feel like this is a partnership and I'm working with them to achieve their goals. Um, so, yeah, it is it's something that I use at times. Um, you know, I would say more often than not, it's, it's, it's talking about my failures and where I felt where I came up short and, and, and trying to use that for players. One, just to say like, Hey guys, like I've been with you, I've been in your shoes, like we're going to get through this. And, and then two, just to, to talk through the ways in which I, I fell short and ultimately um, try and give advice to those guys for ways that they can, you know, ultimately achieve more than I was able to in the game. Do you think having been a high-level performer as both a pitcher and a hitter, position player, uh, gives you an even broader view when you're assessing players? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. Um, I think I think what really helps me is just being interested in both sides of the game. And, you know, my experience as a player has led me to saying like, Oh, okay. I understand the nuance of both of, of both of those areas. And so when our R and D department is discussing pitching or when they're discussing hitting, I have an, just as much of an interest in both of those areas, um, you know, r- rather than just focusing on one. So, you know, I, 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 what I don't want is that I'm just, you know, diverting too much of my attention just towards the position players because I was one myself or, you know, diverting too much of my attention towards the players who are like me, Whereas, you know, my goal is to, you know, we have to impact everybody and everyone responsible for all of these players. And the more I can be interested in pitching and the more I can be, you know, up to speed on, on the ways that we're training our guys and, um, you know, newest technology and newest methods that we're using uh, for development in, in 2020, um, you know, having that knowledge so that I can, I can be just as conversant with a, a pitcher as I would be with a position player. Your path, Alex, from big league player, minor league player, to the role you currently hold. Uh, did you always know you wanted to stay in the game? Did you want to be in uniform? Did you see the front office as an option? How did that come to be? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and honestly, I, um, you know, I, dev- I spent so much of my time, devoted so much of my life to becoming a major league baseball player that when that ended – uh, I really needed to, to shift gears and figure out what was next, and that was that was a tough adjustment for me. I was extremely fortunate that I played my last season with the LA Dodgers. Um, one, Jeremy Zoll was working for the Dodgers at the time, and I, and I you know was able to to forge a pretty good relationship with him as a player, and uh, he was always super approachable, um, was always willing to talk to me, talking about his path, and um, was instrumental in me ultimately moving on to the front office. Uh, Gabe Kapler was the farm director at the time of the Dodgers and, and similarly took a really interest in me and, um, you know, was able, was um, kind enough to, to expose me to the front office of the Dodgers and, and um, talk me through what a, what a, a career in baseball might look like. 
Um, and then my manager was Bill Hasselman, who is our, our AAA manager in Oklahoma City at the time, and he was always encouraging me, hey, I think you, you could have a career um, in the front office if you, if you want to do it, and uh, was really um, took me under his wing and, and really talked to me outside of the game as well. So those, those three people really had a, a huge hand in me ultimately ending up in the front office, and then you know, Jeremy's all specifically hiring me with the Twins and, and, and trusting me with the role that he did and, and how much he's taught me. Um, I owe those guys, uh, all three of them, but, but specifically Jeremy a ton for, for me getting this opportunity. And, and um, you know, I, I just um, it's been one of the great strokes of luck in my life is meeting those people. Everybody in the game, I think, probably has a similar story. Time, place, the right personalities, the right mix of humans. Uh, coming together with some synergy and some kismet. And here we are with you running the Twins minor leagues. And uh, we're going to focus throughout the course of the year on some of the charges that uh, that you've got at your disposal and their ups and downs throughout the course of the year. But I do have to ask you uh, one glance in the rearview mirror. For a kid who goes to Boston College High School, who grows up in Quincy, Mass., to put on a Red Sox uniform, are you kidding me? Like, Is there any way emotionally to even describe what, what that fulfillment could have been like? Yeah, it's just, you know, as I reflect on it, I was just in- incredibly fortunate. I, re- I really was. Like, I had two parents who who loved each other and loved me and supported me and were, would, were willing to do whatever they possibly could so that I could take my education and my, my passions in life as far as I possibly could. Uh, I, had, I had great coaching, people who really cared about me, um, throughout my life and, and just invested in me and poured in me. And um, I, I just been extremely fortunate. And that's when I reflect back on that, it's, it's, it's hard to, to fathom just how much um, good fortune I've had in life. And um, I'm trying to pay that back and, and trying to invest in other people and, and making sure that they can achieve their dreams. But, but you know, I've certainly um, just been extremely fortunate. And, and that, that experience in my life was, was special. It'll always be special for me. And, and I really am focused on, you know, trying to trying to help as many people as I possibly can um, have have some of the um, you know great experiences that I've had in the game. Well, it's going to be a really exciting year. You obviously have developed bonds and relationships with uh, a lot of the players, if not all of them, in the system already. Uh, and now you'll uh, have the good fortune of being able to to tell them that they get to take the next step in, in their careers. Now, one of the the bigger challenges you will face this year is one that has nothing to do with anything you did. But it's not a fun year to walk into a minor league affiliate representing a big league club uh, with, with some of the perceived slights, with some of the acrimony, um, how the information was transferred between Major League Baseball and mm-hmm. some of their intentions and some of the local operators. I got an earful from a, couple, a bunch of folks when, <laughs> uh, when they were up here for, for Twins Fest. I spent eight years in the minor leagues. I get how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's not a fun room to be in at, at, at some points in time in, in this coming summer, is it? Yeah, I mean, look, there's certainly um, some issues between minor league baseball and major league baseball that they need to work out. And, um, you know, from, from my perspective, like, we still we are still under our agreement and there is still our, our – you know, many steps that need to be taken on both sides to ultimately work towards an agreement. But, um, you know, at this, at this point, like I'm, you know, trying to let minor league baseball and major league baseball, you know, iron out, um, you know, some of the things that they're, that they're working through right now. And, um, you know, from, from my perspective is like, I'm still trying to be the best partner I possibly can with our, with our minor league affiliates and, and trying to do everything I can to make sure that those relationships are strong. And we've been very fortunate that we have um, some great partners throughout our minor league system. So, um, you know, that's, that's where my attention is going is I'm going to focus on doing everything I possibly can to make sure that 
um, those relationships are strong, and, and um, you know, we still have a ways to go for, for minor league baseball and major league baseball to, to work out an agreement. And, and I'm, I'm you know, going to remain optimistic uh, until I hear otherwise that, that that'll happen, and um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah, I think you're perfectly suited to be in those rooms and on the front lines with, uh, with your approach and your uh, broad scope of how you look at it, personality, relationships, and hopefully the folks making some of the other decisions up top can figure out uh, that, uh, that little formula as well uh, throughout the course of the season. Alex, it's going to be great having you on board throughout the course of the season. We'll let you get back to work, herd in your nearly 200 players around Fort Myers, uh, and we'll catch up with you every single Sunday the rest of the year. That sounds great, Chris. Thanks so much for having me, and I'm really looking forward to it. That's the voice of Alex Haston, and we look forward to hearing from Alex every Sunday throughout the course of the year with our minor league players and pitchers of the week and insights into what's going on all across the minor league system. For more bonus uh, material, if you're joining us uh, live across our network or via Facebook Live here on the final Twins Hot Stove show of this uh, season, uh, you can go ahead and pick up some bonus material, extended conversations with Alex, and also with Jay Cave, who was outstanding and very helpful and insightful here today from spring training in Fort Myers. Uh, wherever you find your Twins podcast, you can find the Twins Hot Stove Show. That'll do it not only for tonight, but for the entire season of the Twins Hot Stove Show. We appreciate all of you for joining us on this off-season ride. And like you, we look forward to Friday night when we bring you baseball across our network. Corey and Danny is the Twins and Randy Dobnek take on the Golden Gophers and John Anderson's crew uh, will be a worthy foe to kick off the Grapefruit League schedule. That'll do it for us. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show for another year. Brought to you by Kilber Root Beer right here on your home for Twins Baseball. You've been listening to the Twins Hot Stove Show, sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of a Treasure Island Baseball Network.